Hello and welcome to the Radical Imperfectionist Podcast, a show where together we work to embrace who we are, to grow into our own allies, and to become a source of empowerment for ourselves and those around us. friends. It's so glad to be back. I just got back from a conference in San Diego put on with about 2,000 people and they were all on a mission to make a difference in the world with their passions and with their businesses and it was incredible. The energy, everything. They want to serve and create content to make better the lives of everybody they come in contact with. I just, I'm so filled up. It was so inspiring and energizing and just helpful on, in, on many levels. And on that note, today I want to talk about how you won't always feel it. And please bear with me because I have a bit of a cold and my kids are getting it too and something. So my voice is going a little awry, but I will do my best. So um, by this, I am referring to the fact that you won't always feel the motivation or the good feelings that you want to. You won't always naturally have the energy and the drive and the desire. It isn't a right, it's actually a habit and it takes action and intention and practice. It's interesting how seemingly opposites are often true, that you can't always trust your emotions and yet you need to listen to your emotions at the same time. You see, your emotions are a signal. They help you to learn what you're thinking and believing. They alert you when something is off. The thing that is off can go either way. By this, I mean, from our thoughts, we have feelings and form beliefs. Those feelings result in action and our results. Well, we can have feelings that feel icky when we're not acting in alignment with the thoughts we have or are working on having. We can also have icky feelings when we are thinking in ways that don't align with the way we want to live our lives. These are incredibly valuable messages and will require much more chewing than we can really get into today, but just the awareness of this can shift our appreciation and caution when it comes to our feelings and their power in our lives. We need to respect the way our brains work. We need to understand that our feelings are there for a reason, but not allow them to be the end-all be-all. You see, our actions flow and reinforce our feelings and the anchored thoughts. Our emotions are the body's reaction to our mind. When we feel emotions, we actually feel them in our body. Again, they're a result of thinking a certain thought and choosing to believe a certain thought or idea. When you're working to change your thoughts and feelings and you still have countless thoughts and beliefs that you aren't even aware of, yet that are dictating the direction of your life and the emotional weight of your days, it can be really hard when you just don't feel the good feelings. You will not feel the good feelings until your brain actually starts to believe the good thoughts that produce them. Remember, your emotions are a result of your thoughts. It's a constant circular process. So going back for myself, nearly a year ago, my mother-in-law who works in mental health actually asked me if I would write a piece for her blog on her website. She is an incredibly passionate woman working to serve people who suffer from abuse and trauma, chronic pain, and cancer. And she understands really deeply 
how integrated chronic pain and trauma and cancer is as she herself has dealt with all of these and has come out the other end like a rock star on fire and helping others with her passion and compassion and knowledge and her mission and it's beautiful anyway she asked me to write for her blog and i totally froze i questioned my abilities and this is something i wanted to do like very, very much, but I was crippled by imposter syndrome and severe self-doubt. And this is a pattern I've had my whole life. I have had it from my interpretations of people's reactions and different things that stood out. And I initially told her I was really busy. I made up this total excuse, but that maybe I would think about it. Now, granted, I was busy, but you know, the things that in life really matter to you, when they do, you make room for them, regardless of how much you have on your schedule. But when we're crippled by fear and thoughts of self-doubt, this is what we do. Instead, we run or we hide. Now, one of my dreams since I was in my early 20s was to write a book or to write. I love writing and um, I've never done it professional in any professionally in any capacity. I loved writing poetry when I was a teenager. And just expressing myself is one of my favorite things to do, but I have this thought from experiences that I've had that tells me that I'm not good at it and that I can't get the messages across, that I stumble my words, and sometimes I do struggle with this, but that thought and the belief that I'm not good at it has crippled and confined me to not stretching out of my comfort zone within that arena. So, I mean, it makes sense why reading and consuming personal development is a love affair of mine, but not ever like dabbling in wanting in actually writing and moving toward that goal. Um, I, I just struggled so deeply. And then I emailed her saying that I could maybe do it, but she'd have to be brutally honest and it might suck. And then I went on and on and basically ended up kind of retracting. It was painful to have realized and faced that I felt this way about myself, but to become aware of the feelings of self-doubt, to become just brutally aware of how I felt about myself and that I didn't believe I could do it, and when faced with this decision, I sort of cowered and crumbled, it was a huge wake-up call for me. I'd always struggled with, like I said, you know, imposter syndrome and self-confidence struggles, but I used to put on a great mask, you know, and I would push through the fear and try to prove myself, even if I didn't really believe it. I was, I was just kind of shocked what had happened. It had been seven years since I had worked in the corporate world and I felt like I was just totally incompetent. I had these thoughts that I chose to believe that produced fear for me that said that, you know, I'd been out of it for so long that I didn't have the competency to do something like this. Um, I had these thoughts again that I believed for so long that I, I was crippled by fear and consumed with these feelings of inadequacy and inferiority. And I realized that these were thoughts that stemmed from maybe feelings of rejection and hiding from when I was a child and from when I was a young adult. I didn't share my insecurities and instead I just tried, like I said, to um, be strong and push through and prove wrong and kind of the fake it till you make it mentality. I was really good at that. 
Um, but that was a really lonely place. Um, fake it till you make it can only get you so far because it's, it's very lonely doing that alone and not sharing with other people in your vulnerability and your struggle. You don't get to be real and so you feel like the real you is not acceptable. Fear of being found out as incapable or less than can be crippling. And I remembered struggling when I was in an interview for um, a sales award. I used to work for a home builder and we were up for a sales award for whatever category. And my sales team and I were in this room being interviewed by a woman and I totally went blank in the middle of her interview question and I was blabbering on aimlessly, having for totally forgotten the question and trying to do the fake it till you make it and not being able to recover and not knowing how and just I kept going and then feeling shame when we didn't win thinking that that was why and feeling shame around my coworkers knowing they'd witnessed me just blubber on this completely um you know unrelated conversation whatever I even said I don't even remember I just remember the feelings and the facial expressions and that has trapped me in fear for a long time. I remember feeling totally incapable, um, you know, with my ex also and not knowing how to escape those feelings. So all of these experiences where I didn't share my real self with people, I didn't share my vulnerabilities, and then having those experiences reinforced these thoughts that I was incapable. This just rooted within me this deep rebellious awakening last year when, um, you know, she asked me and then I, I realized how I felt. I realized I was chickening out and my soul stirred. And although I'd been working on thought work for a while, I really amped it up. I mean, I made so many changes in my life and my actions and I wanted to believe in myself again. Um, I didn't want to fake it till I made it. I, I didn't want to just believe in myself, but I wanted to actually be what I wanted to believe myself to be. And I started to learn that this was not about me changing who I was or being inauthentic or being an imposter, but it was about me changing the feelings I had that were affecting my behaviors. This meant I would have to deal with these feelings and act anyway. This meant I would have to understand these emotions and learn how to change my thoughts about myself. This meant that I would need to figure out what the thoughts came from and how they were connected to my emotions and proactively change them. I still didn't know how I would do this, but I started to make huge changes in my life. I I quit drinking and not because I think alcohol is evil or because I drank a ton, but actually it was because um, I just, I used alcohol a lot of times to numb overwhelming feelings. And as I was starting to process my thoughts more and more and not numb them, I started to recognize that alcohol for me was a mask and a numbing agent. So even though I didn't use it all the time, even though I don't believe alcohol is evil, it got in the way for me. Um, And it was a way of me, you know, not feeling those feelings fully and processing where they were coming from. So I worked also to stop eating emotionally, which was really hard. or judging my you know, food so much and just feeling the thoughts and the feelings. I tried to not also, on the other end, exercise emotionally. And I worked to become this detective of my thought world. I welcomed the pain and the fear 
uh, even though that's scary, right? And I dissected where all of it was coming from. I listened to podcasts and I read various books and I have recommended readings on my website. If you go to the radicalimperfectionist.com, I'm going to update it with more books, but I voraciously read different books and listen to different podcasts. And I never believe you need to believe or agree with everything that somebody says, even me, obviously, but rather, you know, exposing yourself to this feast of ideas and allowing it to change your lens for the better by clinging to what actually makes sense and truth for you. So I changed more habits. I started waking up early so that I could have time alone every day. excuse me, when the birds had not yet risen and I I was able to think and feel and just kind of become aware of those thoughts and feelings and my life just began to change. I was proving the thoughts wrong, the thoughts that had become beliefs that had really kept me trapped and limited me for, you know, 20 plus years uh, began to weaken and I was able to replace them proactively. I stopped watching shows that would reinforce the ideas that were unhelpful for me, and I started consuming ideas I knew would empower myself to change the way that I lived my life and thought, you know, from the inside out, truly. You know, we become, and you've probably heard this before, but we become those we hang around. And there's a quote that says something to the effect of the five, we are the average of the five people we hang around with most. And, you know, even if you're not around a lot of people all of the time or you struggle to expose yourself to people that are empowering you, you always have the choice to listen to podcasts or read books or, you know, expose yourself to people that are incredibly empowering and inspiring and doing life the way you want to do them through those avenues, even if it's not always as tangibly in your life. Um, It's very powerful when you're listening to people and ideas from people that you look up to and that are where you are hoping to grow to. So anyway, I hit speed bumps. I mean, that's normal. The, The kids would get sick or we would all get sick. It would take us down or something would happen that would normally trigger me and challenge me and I would get tripped up. Um, or I'd have less time for myself and I would be stuck with the emotions and I would have less time and space maybe to process and manage them. And as more layers were pulled back, more layers were revealed. As you, any of you that kind of do this kind of work yourself, you realize it's not just you do, you know, some work and then everything's better. You do work and this exposes more areas where you need more work and that's a process of life. I had moments of overwhelm and I had times when I was just so consumed by, like I said, emotional triggers and habitual ways of thinking that I felt like I just couldn't break free. I I started to understand deeply that relying on feelings bypasses the reason for them and hides the actual choices I have. You see, we always have a choice. But when we are consumed by feelings that we are not acknowledging, we will respond to them and don't always see that we have a choice. We can dig and we can find the thought and the work to change the thought and do the work to change the thought, Um, but we have to dig.
Okay, real quick, you guys, there's been an exercise that has been incredibly popular on my podcast and in my videos called rewriting your story. I've used this exercise and it's been awesome. So I created a freebie to jumpstart your journey in that area. I want to send it to you, but in order to do that, I need your email address. So to make that really simple, you can text the word imperfect to the number 22828. Again, text the word imperfect to the number 22828, and you'll get a response back asking for your email address. When you respond with your email address, you'll be added to the email list so that I can keep you informed. And again, as a bonus, I created this worksheet. It's a super popular exercise. I use it regularly, talk about it often here on the podcast, and I want to send you that worksheet as a gift. So when you subscribe, I'll send that worksheet and the instructions right to your inbox. Okay, let's get back to it. So I realized that even when you are working incredibly hard to change your thoughts, it's a process, obviously, right? And you're not always going to feel it. That's what we're talking about here. You're not always going to feel the good feelings you're working so hard to produce because your brain is still trying to cling to the old ideas and beliefs and habits. And as a result, you will question all of it. You'll have these moments where you'll doubt the process and you'll struggle sometimes to find the joy or to feel it. This is a result of the beliefs you're struggling with and also the reinforcement you might be getting from your choices, you know, from your actions. When you act in alignment with the old thoughts and the patterns of thinking and believing that you've done for so long, this will reinforce those very thoughts and the negative emotions they produce. So this makes you doubt the thoughts you are working so hard to believe and cling even more to the thoughts that you don't want to believe, that you're trying to purge. When we hide from our feelings, any of them, we actually strengthen them because they're able to perpetuate themselves with the cycle of thought, feeling, action, result. It's a continual um, cycle. And just because you aren't acknowledging a thought, this is a huge one, just because you aren't acknowledging a thought doesn't mean it isn't working in your life. Quite the contrary, my friend. When we ignore those thoughts, it actually gains momentum and incredible power in your life to control you because of this very cycle. Your brain will keep filtering through incoming information from a lens of those negative thoughts and beliefs and will grow in power and results. The worst thing we can do when we're doing thought work is to ignore a difficult emotion and just try to think positive because the emotion is still there. The thought is still there. The thought um, that it's trying to warn you of is now able to continue to fuel the inner critic and the positive thoughts actually become fuel as well. Yes, it's crazy to think that way, but they can become Um, kind of impossible to believe because your inner critic is much more powerful than you realize, especially when, again, you're trying to ignore this. And I'm not saying, let me repeat this, I'm not saying don't think positive or use positive affirmations or any of that. No, positive affirmations and thinking positive are good. Those are actually great things. But, and you need to fuel the truth, but you also need to figure out what you are already believing that's hurting you and call BS on those thoughts. 
Those are the thoughts that are calling into question your worthiness and your identity and making it hard to believe the positive affirmations and positive ideas you're trying to replace, you know, the negative ones with. These are thoughts producing fear and shame. We all mess up. (laughs) It's not that I'm saying you should feel no remorse for things you've done wrong, no emotional reaction when you make mistakes. Of course, I I know that it probably sounds obvious, but I feel like I need to say that. What I'm saying is that you are not perfect and you need to learn to look at your mistakes, own them, be honest about them with yourself and the world as much as you can, but not allow it to be a value judgment, not shame yourself for it own it, you know, take responsibility, allow it to be a lesson. See what you can learn from this and start to work on thoughts that say that your worth and your acceptance have nothing to do with what you do or don't do. And I will repeat that over and over again. Your worth and acceptance have nothing to do with your actions. When you think that you have to be good to be um, you know, worthy and lovable, you'll continue to shame yourself when you make mistakes and get stuck in fear and imposter syndrome. Hiding your real self and all those little mistakes from the world and just never getting the connection and acceptance that your heart and soul actually needs. My whole point here is that you won't always feel the good feelings when you're working to change your thoughts. Again, you know, you're just not always going to feel it. You can get all amped up, just like I just did at this conference and all 2,000 people, and then come home and your patterns and beliefs, uh, you know, that you left behind, that you don't know you have or are starting to uncover, can begin to try to take over again. That's normal. One of the tricks here is not to think that this means you've done anything wrong or that you're doomed. The trick is not to be afraid of these emotions. It's not to be afraid of them. They're normal and they're good and natural and it means everything's happening, you know, as it should. Take the power back from those emotions. Start to recognize and form thoughts and beliefs about your thoughts and beliefs and emotions that will actually help you during these times when you're not feeling the good feelings and when you're struggling with thoughts and feelings that you need to purge and get rid of. You can't trust your feelings as a gauge of truth. You can trust your feelings as a signal of something that is up, something that you need to deal with, a signal that you have a lesson waiting to be learned, essentially. If you're visual like me and you like metaphors, because I love metaphors, picture it kind of like a banner on your phone, a notification. And each time you have a difficult feeling, you can see it as this banner that you need to open your smartphone, i.e. your brain, to see the notification. So that's your cue to dissect the thought that is producing that feeling and then choose proactively how you actually want to respond to that notification. So. Instead of trusting your feelings, realize also that you do have the power to generate emotion. You don't have to sit idly by and just feel the feelings that you have um, only and, you know, get stuck in that. So once you've noticed the feeling, honored it, dissected it, um, you know, dissected this notification by opening your, your phone or your brain and you figured it out, then you get to choose. How does it feel to think that thought and have that feeling that's not 
great. What would it be like to not have that thought? That's like um, Byron Katie talks about, right? Dissecting the thought, she calls it the work. What would it be like to not have that thought? How would you feel? And now with this awareness and and having dissected this, having felt it and um, becoming aware of this, you get to choose. This is your choice. Just this awareness is a huge step in releasing the power from that thought and belief. It's unveiled. It's not hiding anymore like the wizard in The Wizard of Oz. You can see that it's a little old man and not this all-powerful wizard and you get to choose. You might think that you don't know how to choose good thoughts to proactively shift to, but you do. You just don't know it. When you're living in those great feelings that you live in sometimes, also use that as a signal to your eye brain, right? Swipe to open and then dissect that thought from there. You know, you can dissect the positive thoughts as well. This is a thought that's fueling you. This is your hero self. Um, you know, out talking your critic and fueling you. These are the thoughts that you want. So when you reveal that the negativity wizard is really not as powerful as you thought, and that you have a choice of whether you will believe what that little man has to say, or choose to believe what your hero self is saying, the thought of your inner ally, then you get to choose. So dissect both the good thoughts and good and and you know, positive, uplifting feelings and the thoughts that are keeping you trapped and are really challenging feelings and choose which one you want. And just as a friendly reminder, own it, own your choice here and now. No, you won't always feel the good feelings for the thoughts that you're trying to believe and working toward, but you have a call to action right then and there. You get to own whatever feelings you have knowing that they are not just parts of you. They're signals from your brain. Once you're aware of this, you can't claim ignorance anymore, my friend. When I have a crappy day these days, or a bad attitude, or I'm just feeling down, I'm not hard on myself as much anymore. I try not to beat myself up, and instead I try to just own it. I try to slow down once I kind of get that recognition and awareness open the notification, write out what's going on and process it, or call my sister if I'm having a hard time getting myself to face it. And I process what I'm learning from this emotion and how I can own it, followed by a lesson of what I will take away from this. You always win when you choose to own your shit and find the lesson. When you don't own your part in your thoughts and feelings and see your choice and what you've learned, Then and only then do you truly fail and truly lose because you surrender your power and you get stuck there. You can't move forward. Even this is not to be ashamed of because when you know this, you will always know where to start going forward. You will get stuck sometimes. Absolutely. You're not perfect. Remember, you will forget and you will um, remember that this emotion is a banner or a message and a blessing and you will go hunting for the choice. You'll go searching for the lesson and you'll shift to a perspective of gratitude and growth. And nothing can stop you when you're in gratitude and grace. You'll feel all of the power that God has given you and you will not lose. You can't lose when you find this lens. Just a reminder, you can't release a feeling by ignoring it. 
In order to take your power back, you have to acknowledge and feel it for a few minutes. Don't be afraid of the feelings, like I said before, even if they're really intense. Remember, it's a message. Read the message. Get it out. Don't ignore it. Don't let your brain, your eye brain, fill up with all these messages that are unread. Type out what you feel and what, what's going on, what this message is telling you. Uh, you know, write it out or talk it out if you have to. Although writing it out really helps your brain to transfer it to the other side of your brain so you can really reflect and process it differently. Write out the lesson and say thank you. And then, as I say every time, rewrite your story, everybody. There are so many viewpoints to everything. How do you want to look at this thing that you're dealing with and struggling with? Choose wisely how you, how you want to look at it and own that choice. When you don't own your choice, you choose to be a passenger and a victim, but you aren't really. Don't surrender your, your power. It is a process. Give yourself grace and don't try to be perfect. Just try to be present. Don't shame yourself. Thank yourself for working to change your life. Thank your body for sending you these amazing signals that you can work with to make an impact on your life and all of those you come into contact with. Whether you believe it or not, your life is a message. You are sending messages to your kids and your spouse. You're sending messages to your friends and family and strangers every day about what is important, about what matters, and about what is possible. You do get to make a difference in the world even just by starting with changing what you choose to believe about yourself and your life. You are not in charge of all of the circumstances. Let go of what you can't change and focus on the power you do have to choose with every thought and every emotion and every action you take and stop resisting the rest and you'll never feel more connected with yourself and the world around you. You will never feel more powerful. I hope this really helps everybody out there that's listening. I want you to know how much I love you and appreciate you. And I just hope that this week fills you with gratitude and grace and you feel really empowered with this message and you go out and spread your love with the choices that you make every day, giving yourself grace. Have a wonderful week. Until next week, this is Holly Ann Casper, The Radical Imperfectionist. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you'd like to stay current on whatever is posted, you can subscribe on iTunes. You can also head over to theradicalimperfectionist.com for other resources. Have a wonderful day.